0: Hey guys, Jen here from the KT team. Welcome to episode 20. This week we spoke all about how to find the perfect tenant. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to, (laughs) oh God, let me restart that Episode 20. Episode 20 of KT Confidential. Today we are talking how to find good tenants as a landlord. It's a great topic. It is. And um, what would you suggest first?
1: Oh, is that how you're going to defect tip, to me right, tip, right tip away? Tip number one. Uh, well, tip number one is really that it's more advice. It requires a lot of work. So if you are a full-time employee somewhere and you've got kids and you got a lot of shit on the go, you're not going to be able to manage this yourself. So don't start saving money. You need to hire a, a good realtor that specializes... Um, in that to take it on. And, And there is a lot of work to do behind the scenes. I don't even think it's that. I think
0: there's... I mean, that's a big component, but also making sure you have proper exposure
1: to connect with everybody. Yeah. Okay, so I'm jumping ahead because I'm assuming you've given proper exposure, the unit looks nice, and you're getting a lot of inquiries. You won't have the time to show the place. You won't have time to... You know, uh, do your proper due diligence on that person. You probably don't have as much experience doing it either, unless you have multiple units and have had them for years.
0: So, uh, I think one of the I think one of the big things is, you know, what do people need to be asking for for documentation? Like, how do they vet somebody as a good tenant? How can they tell the difference? What are they looking for? Documents. All right. Which ones? (laughs) (laughs) Pay stubs. Yeah. So what, so, and what does that tell somebody?
1: Well, first of all, you need a recent pay stub. We've had instances where you get a pay stub that's six or eight weeks old, and then you call the employer and you find out that that person is no longer employed there. But, um, so the first part of the application process, usually for a tenant will be to fill in. Um, a rental application, and with that, they'll say, okay, I am making $5,000 a month, and then their pay stub will actually um, identify what their actual earnings are. So you got to know that um, to see if it's affordable for them or not, but it'll also state, um, you know, are they currently employed with that organization? We usually ask for a job letter to ensure that person is in fact still employed and with that job letter it will give you a reference contact so whether it's somebody in the human resources department or that person's manager or whatever so if you want to pick up the phone and give that person a call just to make sure that that person still has employment that they have a good job
0: yeah absolutely and i think the pay stubs thing is really important i think more so um from an income standpoint, obviously, but also something recent just to verify that they are actively getting paid. Um, I actually had somebody who submitted an application to lease one of our listings not too long ago, the one on Woodley. And uh, everything looked decent, except for the job letter was about seven months old or more. Um, So anyway, so we ended up meeting with these people at the house before deciding on whether or not to go with them and uh, that in it was really important Uh, and after that meeting because my clients they were actually inclined to give these people the opportunity to lease the property but i insisted they meet them and we met them their story was all over the place Uh, they weren't employed by the company that they said they were employed by they were actually self-employed so immediately they're lying on their application which makes you question Red flags right away, hundred uh, percent. So immediately, I would say I wouldn't even consider them. If they're if they're willing to lie like that, um, then it just says something about their character, and I would stay far
1: far away. Um, I if, think I think sorry that I think that's a big part of that equation and finding the right tenant is learning about their story, and if their story actually checks out with all of those documents like somebody can have shit credit or poor credit but could be going through a difficult time right like somebody in the family died or they lost a job a divorce they were ill and had health issues Um, i had a client uh, that we listed their property for and one of the applicants who ultimately um, really just couldn't afford this particular home but um, one of the applicants uh, went through um, some cancer treatments, and was off work, um, and collected a lot less money during that time, and had to dip into his savings, and depleted most of his savings, and had to use credit, Then had a lot of outstanding credit. And, you know, it's unfortunate circumstance, but sometimes finding out about the story behind it, and, and if all that story checks out, is also important. And I always say you gotta go with your gut feeling too. Um, So meeting uh, prospective tenants is is always a big thing. Absolutely, it's a huge
0: thing. We have a client who's trying to uh, get an existing client out of their property. And uh, with them, everything more or less checked out when they brought them in. But the one thing they didn't do, uh, they should have, was meet them. And um, I've since met them because I was helping our client drop off notices and stuff like that and I guarantee you if you had have taken that extra step you would not have had the same problem
1: yeah and we always recommend it some people don't want to invest that time in doing that but um, so in terms of documents um, we look for the rental application to start the process Um, we want recent pay stubs a letter of employment Sometimes we ask for notices of assessment, especially if it's self-employed. a self-employed person. Um, you know, people provide references, but who's going to provide a bad reference? Yeah, Like, am I going to give you the name and number of somebody that's going to talk shit about me or, you know, say something bad about me? No, I'm going to give you the number of Do you of ever my call references? I never do. I do because sometimes you can get different stories out of it. You should. I, you know, I
0: do. You know what I do is I um, so get their current ad- address and you I look up the previous listing for that address, assuming it was leased, which in most cases it is. Or sometimes they sell and then they lease. So it could have been a sale also. And I contact the realtors involved on both ends there. And you can sometimes get really good feedback on their um, Well,
1: that's a experience. sort of a reference.
0: It is. Well, that's why I think it's a better reference because it's not one that they are giving you. Yeah. Because like you said, they're going to give you their mom and their best friend.
1: Yeah. So. Well, here's a notice to any prospective tenant on any of our properties. I creep the shit out of them on social media. A hundred percent. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn. I don't care if you're out there. If, you're, if you have a website, if... If your name, phone number, email address, your previous address, boom, 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 it's Something's coming up. I'm going to yeah. find out something about you. Yeah. And if that story isn't checking out. And you know what happens all the time is people that have a dog and they're afraid they're not going to get the property because they have a dog, which we never really very, very seldomly have not accepted a tenant because they have a pet. Can't do that. Well, you can, but... Um, You'd be hard-pressed to do anything about it. But how many people apply and say, oh, no, we don't have a dog, we don't have pets. You go onto their Facebook profile and you got fucking Bobo sitting on their top of their head, right? Like licking their face. I mean, come on. Uh, some people don't don't put two and two together. Um, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, dig in a little bit, find out about those tenants, what they're doing. Yeah. You got to do your homework. You got $500,000 million on the line, whatever it is in your investment in your property. You're going to have somebody living there. You want to know who it is. Well, and also, uh, something that we've done before
0: is... I don't know why I said Bobo. Who has a dog named Bobo? I have no idea, but it sounds like an animal name. Right. More so than a human. (laughs) It uh so some so when you're selling your house Bobo the Golden Retriever When you're selling your house one of the biggest variables in your decision is the price. How much am I going to pocket from the sale of this property? When you're leasing it out, it's not always the same. It's obviously, you know, the the dollars and cents is important, but who's in the property is
1: more important. People with bad credit and a poor rental history yeah. will always pay way more money than the property is worth
0: it's you people like it's like when you call i i, I think you had the conversation recently but i've had a few re- not too long ago either where you're putting an offer on on a house and it's less than a previous offer when they sold it but the deal fell through and it's like well they didn't buy it because they probably couldn't afford it and it wasn't a realistic price so, yeah, people that can't afford it are always willing to pay top dollar. But sometimes pricing a little bit aggressively compared to market rent will give you a bigger pool of people to pick from. Yeah,
1: and we use that strategy all the time. I used it with our rental property. All of the condos were renting at that time for about 1500 bucks a month, the comparative, comparative ones. And um, I had it listed at 1400 $100 less, which is a lot of money, uh, for a rental property. And, um, we had, I don't know, 50 interested tenants within the first week. Hmm. And we ended up selecting a nice old lady that her husband, she was a widow. Her husband passed away a couple of years ago. They sold their townhouse or she sold her townhouse and, um, she was a great, uh, great tenant. Well, and simil- paid, paid fourteen fifty a month. Well, as I was going to say similarly
0: to multiple offers when you're selling, people will come in with a higher
1: amount, especially because most of the GTA, the supply for rental properties is quite low. Yeah. Um, now, credit reports. You want to get a credit report, preferably one with a score. We really like Equifax.
0: I think Equifax Equifax is the most detailed report I find. Um, I like it. We actually, actually, Ariel, or Ariel Steve, Hello. Steve is working on a lease right now, and he had a tenant, or he had a, a realtor submit an application, and she didn't include a credit report, and she was uh, completely against providing it. She's like, you've got enough information to make a decision. So that's, in my opinion, a red flag, too. Why would you be afraid to provide something like right. that? It just makes Obviously no sense. Obviously hiding something. A hundred percent. So and it's funny because she provided bank statements and they're they're checking they had two checkings accounts, both were below a thousand dollar balance. So they got no money in their accounts. And you don't want to provide a credit report. Hello.
1: Yeah. Let's choose you as a tenant. Yeah, so
0: it's really important if you want to stand a chance in hell to get approved as a tenant to provide, be
1: completely transparent and provide as much information as you can. Yeah, and from a landlord's perspective, you need all that information to make an informed decision. That's right. So what what's your opinion on pets
0: in terms of from a landlord's perspective? Would you be... Inclined to accept people with pets?
1: Well, I, I would look at the stats, okay? 50% of people, I guarantee you, either have a dog or a cat. Right. So if you're not going to accept a dog or a cat, you're immediately eliminating 50% of the population. Yeah. What's wrong with having a dog or a cat in the place? So what we do or what we always recommend for our tenants or prospective tenants that were assisting in finding a property. And I did that with um, the folks that moved in just down the street from us. They had a dog, big dog, and she was scared. She said, we've always had a tough time finding a nice rental because we have a big dog. So you know what I made them do is take some photos of the dog of them playing with the dog because Mm -hmm. the dog is a family member. I would never move somewhere if they didn't allow my dog. Like, what are you going to do with the dog? Shoot the dog? So (laughs) you take photos of the dog, you take photos of the dog living in the current home. You get a letter from the current landlord saying, yes, they live here. They lived here with the dog. The dog didn't make any damage. Maybe you offer a damaged deposit or something. Um, Even visit that house if yeah, you can. Yeah. Meet the dog. Maybe you'll like the dog. I don't know. Why would you de- deter uh, a perfectly suitable... Well, and I would say people cause more problems than pets. Kids. Yeah. Are you kidding? My kids in a week will make more damage in the house than the dog ever will in his whole life. Yeah. The walls, the floors, the drawers. The one thing I can completely
0: see um, is big dogs and hardwood. Yeah. Is well, any, a recipe for disaster. Any dogs and
1: hardwood, it might get scratched up.
0: Yeah. So that's hardwood. That I understand. But if you have laminate or carpet, not such a big deal.
1: Um, oh, carpet, depending if it's potty trained. True. I don't know too many dogs that use a potty, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I get it.
0: Um, anyways, there are legitimate concerns and it you know, I understand them, but as a tenant, you know, there are ways to make your case a little bit more attractive. So that's important. And I wouldn't personally recommend so, lying about it
1: because you're starting off that relationship. We're not talking about tenants floor. today. Come on, let's talk about landlords. So if you were a landlord, yeah, you have any problem with a dog or a cat? I'd be hesitant.
0: I mean, not in my current house because my floors are shit. They're completely ruined. Because your
1: dog ruined them. Because
0: my dog ruined them. But if I had nice, pristine floors, yes, I would be concerned. Now, at the same time, you can't prevent somebody from getting
1: a pet afterwards. So those people, let's just say you have a home with pristine floors and you've rented it to this nice couple that just got married. They both have great jobs uh, their credit is amazing. Everything checks out and you bring them on as a tenant. And three months later, they decide, oh, we're going to wait to have a kid, but we're going to get a Great Dane. Right. So you can't, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. That's right. So it's part of being uh, an investor, part of being a landlord. One thing I think that's
0: important uh, for landlords is not to be an absent landlord and make sure you're involved and go visit the property maintain open lines of
1: communication Yeah, make sure in the agreement to lease that it allows you to visit as well well the uh, rta does
0: yes as long as you give 24 hours notice i don't even think there's a limit i'm sure if you abused that right they would have a case against you but um, i think that's huge go like you're running a business and your customer yes. is your tenant so yes. you want your customer to be happy so do little things like maybe around you know every, once or twice a year you come by with furnace filters or batteries for the smoke detectors or you hire somebody to clean the windows once a year whatever it may be
1: we have clients that have a rental property here in milton and the tenants love the home. They take very good care of it, but they've developed an actual relationship, like a friendship that the tenants invited the landlords for dinner. Nice. What a better way to check up on your house than if the people are inviting you for dinner. Right? Yeah. And that all started off because when they moved in, the landlords brought them a move in gift like a bottle of wine and some flowers and welcomed them to the home, showed them everything they needed to do with the home. So it's a relationship, right? Like if you have people living in your home, why not build a bit of a relationship? Yeah, Um, for sure. It will work out. uh, Yeah, if you respect them, they're going
0: to respect your home. So I think that's really it. Be thorough with your paperwork, credit app, job letter, pay stubs, references, sort of. And
1: meet them. I think that's the biggest one, meet them. There's a lot of people now renting properties. So the pool of potential tenants is growing. And the pool of investors looking to become landlords or add additional properties to their portfolio is also increasing. So these are questions we're getting every
0: day. What are your thoughts on raising the rent? I know a lot of people that don't. Because
1: they have great tenants and they feel like it's a... Are you saying raising the rent based on the allowable? Yeah. So this year it's 1.8%, I believe. Same as last year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So if you have a home renting for a couple thousand bucks, you're going to raise the rent $36 a month. You know, it's an extra $400 a year. Is it really gonna make a difference if you have a great tenant? Well, I don't you mean
0: will a tenant balk at it? Is that what you mean? Or do you think is it worth it landlord's while to yeah. do it? Yeah. I think it's worth doing. Yeah. Because you know, It eventually catches up, right? Well, like, three years later you can't say, Oh, I haven't done it for three years, so now I'm gonna do yep. you know, the equivalent of whatever the last three years was permitted. Yep. Um So I think it's a good idea. And Typically I feel like those rate those increases are still below market value market rent. So,
1: well, it's not even market rent expenses as a whole for carrying properties increase. Mortgage rates increase, property taxes, maintenance fees. Yeah. Well, some uh, of those property managers, can, some of those things you can
0: increase in addition to this, the basic rent increase. Yeah,
1: you're just talking the rent. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I think they should do it. So if you have a good prospective tenant in front of you, would you be hesitant to sign more than a one-year term if you're the landlord? Yes. So you would recommend a one-year term and nothing more? Correct. Would there be any deviation from that answer? To go with longer? Yes. No. No. So let's say the property is valued at $2,000 a month and you've got great tenants and they say, we want to sign on for two years and we'll give you $2,050 a month. Would you do it? No. Why? From my
0: understanding, it reads weird in the Residential Tenancies Act, but during that initial term, it's very hard to get somebody out.
1: Yes, you're right.
0: Um, Once it's up, you have a little bit more... You're on a month-to-month. You have a to few month. more rights. Yeah, you're on a month-to-month. Month, um, and you can evict... If someone has been late consistently, you can evict them for that. Not just... you know Forget missing payments. They're just consistently late. That's reason to evict somebody. But you
1: cannot do it during that initial term. Well, here's what I say when it comes to all of that stuff. And this is why it becomes way more important in doing your proper due diligence before you bring that person into your home. All of the legalities, everything is set to protect tenants. Mm -hmm. The Residential Tenancies Act does not protect the landlord very much. No, they make you jump through hoops to do anything. So... Regardless of what term, what kind of contract, what kind of lease you signed, whatever, as soon as that person is living in your house, if you've got a bad tenant or a professional, professional tenant that wants to screw you over, you're going to have problems. Do your due diligence. Do your homework. It might be worth just to go there and kick them out and deal with the
0: ramifications of it later if they take you to court. Like, I know, I, I, I know there's one guy. You got
1: some balls saying that on record. <laughs>
0: I have this one guy uh, who his tenants are, I think, six. Hang on. I'm trying to think of how far behind they are. They're like seven or eight months behind. It's like $16,000. So, people out there, you know, last time we posted something about tenants, there are a couple people. You that, guys have given them all their
1: notices to get the fuck out. Yeah. Time for the
0: sheriff to come in. Well, that's the next step. So uh, he's uh, he's got an appointment, I think, soon, April, mid April, to you go. Just check your watch. <laughs> well, I was check looking, your looking at the date. I was just wondering how close we um, are. Yeah, so he has an appointment to go. Um, I guess they're supposed to go too. And. But even from there, then they get notice, and then there's another 30 or 60-day period. Like, it's ridiculous how long it takes. Like, if somebody's that late and that far behind, you should just be able to kick them the fuck out of the house, change the locks, and move on. Like, there's got to be a line. If someone's two, three months behind, like, draw a line
1: and just say you can kick them out. What do you think about landlords now circumventing the whole Tenancies Act by doing the Airbnb I wouldn't say they're circumventing, it's just a different business model.
0: It's uh, there's a higher degree of risk and a potentially greater reward.
1: Do you think that Airbnb should fall under the no. Residential Tenancies Act? No. Do you think there's any term? So if- Yes. If you rent through Airbnb for a month, should there be any sort of protection? or if it's an ongoing rental, so three months? Uh, no, I'd say
0: they, they qualify. So here, there's a lot of questionable things because I would say it qualifies as a hotel, right? So here's a question for you, kind of related, unrelated. If it's a hotel, which I think it should be classified as because it's a vacation rental, why are they not paying HST? Well, they should be. But they're not. If you go sign up for an Airbnb and it's 100 bucks a night, you're paying 100 bucks a night, a night, not 113
1: Are you sure? Yeah. Sure there's no HST collected? 100%. Interesting.
0: Well, 99%. You can check later and confirm if you want, but I'm pretty sure. And, uh, and then when they sell...
1: Th- I wonder how many people... When they sell the house... Are actually claiming it on their income tax. Because that...
0: Oh, it's a huge... There's tons of tax evasion, I'm sure. And what about now when you sell the house? It's now technically sort of like a commercial property, right? Should the buyer be paying HST on the house because
1: it's a commercial property?
0: If it's considered a hotel.
1: If it's a business, I would say if the property is owned by a company and it's main purpose is not a residential property, it's an income property, then yes you should be paying HST but only if it's continuing as a business. If you're buying it as your residential property I don't know.
0: Should you well, be paying Well what if six HST? months later you move out and decide to turn it back into one? It's government's problem bro. Yeah, I guess so. If they don't Bother you about (laughs) it and don't say anything. (laughs) But uh, I'm gonna—I'll double check that. But I don't think people are paying uh, HST on their Airbnb
1: check right now. Do you look? There's cleaning fees and
0: yeah, so there's no tax. There's not even any tax on like the service fees or anything. There must be. Yeah, no, there is for sure. Just doesn't show it.
1: Is that a US property? Hmm. I don't think do,
0: But no, there's no HST.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And do people have registered businesses when they're doing it? You know, what's happening now a lot is all of this uh, fraud on Kijiji. Yeah. People collecting deposits for rent on properties that they don't own
0: is that what you're talking about
1: there are ads so what what's happening is there's a lot of fraud there are people pulling mls listings posting them on kijiji prospective tenants show up to the property Never meet anybody, but they've already submitted a deposit. Or I had somebody that happened to. They called me.
0: And they, it was like that day they showed up and realized they got scammed. And now they were without a house. So they called me about one of our properties or something. So I would be very hesitant to look on Kijiji. And, uh, but, I mean, it's you'd think it's common sense. Like, meet with the people. Not so common.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Kijiji is buyer beware, I guess. Anyway, so there's the tips for prospective landlords vetting prospective tenants. If you have any questions about renting a property or becoming a landlord, send us a message.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and follow us wherever you may be listening. See?